Welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm Dwayne. I'm Jamie. And on this episode, we're going to be reviewing the news. Yes. There is a lot of news that's been dropped. Yeah, we had kind of taken a break during the Rona situation. And, you know, when nothing was happening, all of Hollywood was shut down. And now some things are really starting to get released, get ramped up in production. Uh, theaters are a thing again, guys. Mm-hmm. And the floodgates have been opened. <laughs> and every week there's two or three new things. <laughs> yeah, it kind of makes me wonder if like the like this is like the write-off period. Let's just we've had these sitting, let's just get a couple of bucks back and we'll just move on with our lives. <laughs> yeah, I feel like some of these would have been spaced out differently in a you know on a normal schedule. Yeah, and some of the movies are like, okay, let's let's maybe release this one and hold off on that one. You know, just it's really strange the way things are coming out. But let's see how our uh, interns are faring uh, in the newsroom. All right, we are back with our headline news, guys. <clears throat> we've had quite a few releases. Uh, we've had quite a few big announcements from some studios. One of the biggest we had are Disney Plus Day. And they mm-hmm. released a, a thing that had been near and dear to my heart. I've really been looking forward to. I know a lot of fans had been really excited about this. But our Obi-Wan series finally getting some screen time. In the form of a hot reel, not a trailer, but a hot reel. So guys, what do you think about that? Um, I, I thought it was interesting that they went that route. I'm um, actually wonder how much footage is in the can, um, <laughs> and what shape it's in. <laughs> <laughs> but there was one thing that concerned me throughout the entire thing. It was the most concerning thing. I didn't hear John Favreau's name. Yeah, I think this. Uh, yeah, I think this is maybe a produced by executive producer situation. But yeah, Favreau was not, you know, high on the list there. You know, Favreau and and Filoni really being the proponents of the Mandalorian, really kind of the Star Wars voice I mean, right now with Disney. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, everything Star Wars that I mean, of all the Star Wars things we've gotten recently. Only the only things that have been well received have had Favreau with the helm. Yeah, yeah, Favreau and Flaunty. Yeah. Favreau. Well, you know, for me, I am actually really excited about this. Um, I've said before, Obi Wan is one of my favorite characters from the prequel Clone Wars era, and to me, Ewan McGregor is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So just seeing him back. Um, I think is going to be really interesting. Uh, You know, we had talked about just for a a minute, I was just double checking. We were talking about um, the Mandalorian. Deborah Chow did a few episodes of the Mandalorian though, didn't she? And I think she's the director for Obi-Wan. She's the overseeing director for Obi-Wan. Yeah. Deborah Chow. Okay. Uh, And she had done some, done some uh, Mandalorian episodes, really, uh, really good episodes too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. But I guess I do have one question, though. All right. How do you guys feel about Hayden Christensen coming back? I have lost. How does that how is that going to work? 
I mean, it's already bad enough that he's hanging out. He just changed his name from Obi-Wan to Ben. And they let Luke be a Skywalker. So it's already like, you know, kind of dicey that he's actually in hiding at all. Yeah. And then now, like, apparently he's going to hang out with Vader because Obi-Wan never left Tatooine, right? I mean, that's how that went. I mean, that's my understanding. That's the, that's the legend. You know, that's that's kind of the legend how it so goes. How? Obi-Wan was there watching over Luke. But yeah. um, I, I've, I've heard rumor, and I don't know, and, and this would be a neat thing. You know, what do, what do you think that Obi-Wan went to secretly to scope out or try to sabotage the Death Star previously to Episode Four? And when, you know, him and, you know, Darth Vader have their, you know, Darth Vader says, you shouldn't have come back, old man, you know. And it's a lot well, sooner coming it. back. Well, think the there last is time that I felt line. Presence was, or the last time I felt this was in the presence of my old master. But then, before that, there there's that line. I said something. A presence I have not felt since. And he trails off. Is this going to be the sense? <laughs> I mean, is this typical Star Wars? <laughs> I mean, Rogue One, I think, is one of the best Star Wars movies, like, just period. It's built off of a single line in a, in a scroll. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> built a whole TV show off of a sense, you know, <laughs> we could do it. <laughs> yeah. One thing I hope this doesn't do that the Clone Wars did with the, uh, you know, Anakin grievous situation, you know, it's like going in one door and out the other, you know, just barely missing the, the guy, you know, almost, almost a comedic thing, you know, he's like, Oh, we're just missed him, uh, you know, to keep that tension for, you know, the, the meeting in episode three. I mean, but just all concerns aside, just watching that hot reel and seeing Ewan McGregor's just absolute enthusiasm mm-hmm. to do this and his love for the character. Mm-hmm. His, I mean, that, that just gives me so much hope because oh, I mean, yeah. he wouldn't come back for just anything. Um, yep. And so, yeah, so I'm, I mean, a little bit of head scratching aside, I, I'm excited about this. Yeah, definitely is uh, way up there on the list. You know, you have a phenomenal cast, even without, you know, Hayden Christensen's Darth Vader being a big question there. You know, you have the return of Joel Edgerton, Bonnie Peace, as Owen and Beru Lars. I mean, we're, they're introducing Kamal Nanjani into the Star Wars universe. How fun is this going <laughs> to be? <laughs> yep. Well, speaking of fun. We shall see. <laughs> <laughs> the the Harry Potter, apparently the entire Harry Potter cast is doing a one, once in a lifetime, maybe, we'll see how their careers go, um, a reunion special on, on the Hobo Max. And so, guys, what do you think about it's the Harry right. Potter reunion? So, so this really, it's a follow-up to the Friends reunion, right? So we got the Friends back together. <laughs> Why not get the Hogwarts crew, right? <laughs> uh, all I can truly say is I'm old, and this really reminds me how old I am. Uh, <laughs> Harry Potter, the Sorcerer's Stone, is 20 years old. All right? Yeah. 20 you, years old, gentlemen. <laughs> you'll notice when I introduced this topic, I left that out. <laughs> that number hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that number really hurts. It does. I'm really, I'm really excited for this. You know, being a huge fan of the Harry Potter uh, universe, and really, 
looking forward to see, you know, where and what some of these actors are doing, how they've grown, uh, what their views looking back on this beloved franchise uh, is going to be. But also, I find it really, really interesting how streaming is working out appointment television. You know, how they're making this happen. So, you know, you had Netflix initially dropping entire seasons all at once. And now, you know, they're starting to space it out. Let's release an episode a week. And it's happening across, you know, multiple platforms of the streaming services. And now, you know, we're having this one-time supposed situation on HBO Max on New Year's Day Mm -hmm. of of, of this. And it's supposed to be the only time that this is going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be the only time it's going to happen for a period and then they're going to re-release it, you know, to to be in their library. Or if this is just a a one-off, miss it, and it's done, you know. It's only going to be available this day. Um, and I'm not even sure if it's a specific time that day or if they're just going to say, here's your window to watch this. Right. Not sure. I am really excited about who's coming back, though. Um, I was a little worried at first when I heard about this, and I thought, mm, I don't know if Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson will come back. Um, you know, but they are. They, but yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to see the chameleon himself. Gary Oldman is supposed to be on this mm-hmm. thing. So, we may not know who he is, but he'll be on it. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing everyone. I was going to say, it's a joke I was going to. <laughs> it's just Gary Oldman doing all the characters. <laughs> One main show yeah. forecast. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, 20th anniversary, <laughs> return to Hogwarts. I mean, it's it's going to be cool because there's a lot of Potterheads out there that that I know this is right up their alley. So. Yeah, and I, and I think I know there's been a lot of controversy about some of J.K. Rowling's um, positions, but I think that I think that the fondness for these actors and for this world, I think it'll be rekindled. I think a lot of people will show up for it still. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing a lot of people have shown up for apparently was the filming of spider-man 3 no way home <laughs> and you know this this was probably some of the best and worst kept secrets in hollywood mm-hmm. uh, you know what's what's what is going on with this film mess story whatever it's going to be it's going to be definitely a spectacle and very interesting as we are seeing in these latest trailer releases finally <laughs> yeah finally I think the biggest thing for me coming out of this trailer is I've still got tons more questions. The trailer made me question even more. Usually I think when I watch a trailer, it's kind of like, oh, that looks awesome. Oh, that's cool. I'm walking away going, how? How? How's this going to work? I mean, we've gotten teases about the multiverse from one division, from Loki, from what if. Are we, you know, we know Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness are we going to start finally seeing payoff? That's what I've, I keep questioning. And it, it feels to me like it's the sort of a reverse Spider-Verse movie as well. Because in mm-hmm. Spider-Verse, there's the multiverse, and it was all the Spider-People. And so are we, is this a Spider-Verse where like all the villains are showing up instead of and just we just have the one Spider-Man, and Andrew Garfield's not lying to us, and it's just all the bad guys are showing up. Right. 
Yeah. yeah. It's it's interesting because you know you're having so much misinformation. I know you mentioned this with the Obi Wan trailer too. You know, there's so many fake trailers and fake posters uh, floating around there, and you know the same thing with this Spider Man thing. You know, and and I've seen I've seen a trailer or a poster actually just today that had the three Spider Men standing there with Doctor Strange yeah. looking at uh, all the villains coming out. And I'm like, okay, is this accurate or not? You know, are are we going to get Toby and Andrew, or is it just going to be? Uh, you know, Tom. I'm afraid this is going to be a Mephisto WandaVision type disappointment. Mm. Um, I mean, because I mean, wh- I mean, we've all talked about, I mean, in scene online, all like the three Spider Men are all going to be there. Charlie Cox, they're bringing the, you know, the Netflix, you know, heroes over. And I mean, <laughs> this is how they're bringing the X Men in. Um, I, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. And I'm wondering if there is going to be disappointment. Um, yeah. Because Andrew Garfield, I mean, if if he's lying to us, he's doing a very convincing job. Um, yep. I don't think he's in this movie. Charlie Cox was very definitive. He's not in this movie. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it still looks good, but I don't know. I just think there's so, so much fan excitement about what could be in this movie that I think it could set him up. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch wasn't con. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's Doctor Strange or Mephisto, depending. <laughs> <laughs> if Mephisto shows up in this, some really Doctor Strange, explode. Mephisto. Because think about it, Doctor Strange is playing the one more day role that Mephisto played in the comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so he's really Mephisto. But I'm going to be really honest. Go ahead. No, I, was just, I, had, I had a question. I was going to go a slightly different direction, so go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, what I think I love, I had tons of questions, but I think the biggest thing, I, I love the millennial spin on these characters. When Peter and Ned and MJ are trolling Doc Ock, you know? <laughs> I mean, that feels like, like a real millennial spin on this Spider-Man versus, you know, Toby's Spider-Man. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, really. What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, my question is, that I, I think is, I think it's telling. We, we have spent years as nerds complaining about Spider-Man three. There was too many villains. They were doing too much. And that's a problem. Yep. And now this trailer comes out and it's like, Oh my gosh, there's so many feelings and it's great. How many more are going to be in this thing? Um, I've got a theory about why it'll be okay this time, but are we being set up mm-hmm. for another Spider-Man three here? That's the danger. That's the yeah. danger. The, the, and the only thing way- is you're not even, you're not even getting Tom's villains. Yeah, we've not seen Vulture, Mysterio. We've seen all of you know Toby and Andrew's villains. <laughs> the only way I think this will work better than Spider-Man Three is in Spider-Man Three. There were three villains, and they were all being set up in that movie. Whereas all of these, like entire pantheon of villains, they're already already. I mean, we already we're already familiar with them. Yeah, They've been set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we don't have to spend you know that much screen time in the movie just establishing who they are. We can just kind of hit the ground running. Right. Yeah, and hopefully there won't be a Spider-Man dance sequence. So. Or, or they do it in a trolling manner that's kind of funny. Because <laughs> I mean, Spider-Man right. made it work. The, the little, little joke they made about 
the, the time they don't talk about. Yeah, the time yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They could do that. They could do that. But you know, something that looks like it's going to be pretty funny on the flip side of the comic book universe is the Super Pets got a trailer. <laughs> this really looks now, like a lot of fun. Now, don't get it confused with Wonder Pets. We've already had this discussion, <laughs> listeners. Okay. <laughs> I, so I wish is, this had come out when my kids were smaller. Mm-hmm. It looks it looks like it was a ton of fun. And that I mean, kids that are younger than mine, I mean, it'll be right up the rally. I could I could have seen this being like, you know, my you know, a favorite movie of my kids for a month or two. What I love, and, and I think that's exactly it. You know, we've talked so much about the movies DC puts out have been dark, they've been brooding, they're not really kid-friendly. They finally kind of woke up and thought, hey, you know what? We need to do something for a younger audience. We need to market the DCU for for younger kids also. And I love the fact, I mean, just crypto in those glasses. Uh, just talking to the Corgi, man, that was, that was just hilarious. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the trailer. Yeah. And then, you know, on top of that, we're getting great voices. Yeah. I mean, beyond John, you know, Krasinski as uh, Superman, you know, the, the rock, you know, you even get Diego Luna. I mean, Chip the squirrel, even though he's not a GL, you know, but still yet. I get the reference. Right. <laughs> so. and, and Kevin Hart as their ace, the bat hound sort of stand in. Which yeah. <laughs> a decision. But. But Kevin Hart works on a in a you know a big cast. Um, I, yeah. I like Kevin Hart in small doses. Well, I think he, <laughs> so I think him and the get, Rock have you get Kevin Hart good chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, short guy, short guy here making short guy jokes. Okay. <laughs> now, for for our purposes, though, guys, they still haven't said who Keanu is voicing in this. That's right, they didn't. But we do know the league's in there. Could Keanu be, be voicing Batman? Mm-hmm. <laughs> An interesting Batman voice. Been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Because we saw Cyborg, Wonder Woman, Batman. So, interested. Also, I think with Keanu's you know, background, being from Hawaii, I mean, I just, I've always kind of thought he'd make a good Aquaman. Hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, so I, I know this. We we plenty to move on. But I have a last uh, one last question on this one though. Are any of these beside crypto like comic accurate versions of these pets? Because I know there's like a whole bunch of like super pets for Disney. I, I didn't think so. No, nope, none of them. Uh, crypto's about it. I, I've I've got a theory. What's going to happen with 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 the Kevin Hart dog? I think he will get depowered and become Ace the Bat Dog. Um, I think so. But uh, no, we would all ha- would have had Comet the Super Horse, Beppo the Super Monkey, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Shrieky the Super Cat. So <laughs> it's the Silver Age, man. Come on, <laughs> it got weird. Even got weirder when Comet the Super Horse would turn into a man and Supergirl fell in love with him. So, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, 
Let's move on to the real table <laughs> anyway. Well, I know we started off with Disney Plus in our headline news. So let's start off with that in our rewind. So we had a release of a very much loved character. Hawkeye has a show. Mm-hmm. Who would have yes. thought? And apparently it's getting rave reviews. So guys, I'll I'll save mine until the until the last. So I'll let you two go first. So uh, Jamie, what's your thoughts on the on the Hawkeye? Well, I mean, I, anybody who listens to uh, graphically novel as well as the, this show know that I'm a huge fan of the comic series. This is based on um, the Matt Fraction Hawkeye series, um, and it's interesting. I, I love I love that he's a what was the title? Consulting producer. So Fraction's involved. At, at least he's getting checks. Um, right. Hopefully he's involved. It kind of it kind of feels like there's some Fraction fingerprints on here, but. Um, but the but the problem is that the Hawkeye from the movies is a very, very different guy from the Hawkeye in the comics. Because Hawkeye in the movies, he's the he's the Avenger with his stuff like most together. He's got a family. I mean, he's got kids. And they're all, they seem pretty well adjusted, you know. Whereas Hawkeye in the comics is a hot mess of a human being. Um, and so how do you how do you tell the the same story, right? And so. I love the way they have sort of finagled that um, so that, you know, the the way they've done Kate Bishop, she's picking up some of that, you know, hot mess of a human being legwork and the way they tinkered with the, bringing in the Ronin storyline and importing that into the, into the story. Um, I think they've done a great job transitioning. What was one, one of my favorite comic storylines of all time into a different medium. With 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 pre-existing characters and stuff like that, I, I love. I think they've done an amazing job at that. The cast is awesome. Um, I think the fight choreography is a bit of a mixed bag. Um, mm. Some of the fights have been really good, and some of them have been pretty pretty bland. Um, but I think the first episode, especially, is a great intro to Kate Bishop. I think everybody's going to love yeah. Kate Bishop. And I think what they got correct was that relationship between Kate and Clint, as far as the history that back and forth between them they did that really really well and they got lucky the pizza dog that's right (laughs) that they do well i love jeremy ritter's turn as a hawkeye in the films and uh, however this is something i've missed uh uh, decisions were made Uh, i watched will of time (laughs) on amazon instead of this and uh so i'm gonna give you a quick (laughs) review of that instead (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, this is a a big big story that they're trying to tell and i'm not sure if it's it starts out different than the books a a little bit but uh, they they have the cast really really good but they're really taking from game of thrones and lord of the rings Um, it feels kind of derivative to me from those two but they're it, it I'm about three episodes in, and and I'm enjoying it. Though I'm I'm enjoying it. I've I've seen mixed reviews. It's not the best uh, fantasy I've watched. It's definitely not the worst. So, let me give it a try. Mm. Yeah, that's that's my that's my hot take on all of time. <laughs> cool. Yeah, everybody's trying to do the next Game of Thrones, and I think yeah. that's their big shot. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's what you really tell. Yeah, they're they're really drawing, and they're drawing heavily from both of those worlds. You can really tell. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Apple's trying to do it with Foundation. Everybody's trying to find the next. Uh, we've already we've we've hit Disney Plus Day a lot. Um, so our next segment, I, I'd say we just talk about um, what jumped out to us the most. Like what what when you saw the Disney Plus Day reveals, what really jumped out at you? Sammy, what you got? Um, I can't wait for She-Hulk. I really can't. Uh, I feel like the Hulk side of the MCU has been really underserved. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting some more of those characters. Extend that cast of characters. Tatiana Maslany, I loved her in Orphan Black. Uh, she's a great actress. I hope she can bring a little bit of humor. Uh, I would love to see some of that She-Hulk humor. I mean, maybe not fourth wall breaking the way that the, a lot of the comics in the 80s did, but at least a little bit of humor. But I'm looking forward to She-Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, that looks like it's going to be really good. It looks like it's going to be really good. I, though, am really interested, and we've already talked about the movie he was in, uh, Andor. I'm really, really interested in the opening up that character and figuring out what makes him tick. What brought him from being a hero in this early, early rebellion to kind of this shady guy who's willing to shoot somebody in the back alley and, yeah. and having that turn. Yeah. I'm really interested I'm, in those characters. I'm really hoping we get it when, when Cassie and Mick K2. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that would be fun. Yeah. When we get more Alan Tudyk, I mean, because, always, yeah. always game for that. Man, there you go. Um, I, <laughs> I've got, I've got two really, um, two, two little things jumped out at me. Um, one was positive. One was very, very negative. Um, Home sweet home alone. Why? What on earth? We don't need that. Nobody needs that. Yeah. No. Yeah. I uh, almost, uh, almost put my kids up for adoption. I came in the other day and they were watching it. No. And, uh, yeah. Almost, Not in my house. Yeah. Yeah. We almost had to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We almost had to have some have some conversations. Uh, and the other one that was positive is they made a season two of the world according to Jeff Goldblum. I'm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thrilled that happened. So I mean, those both those kind of flew under the radar. Um, one of them should have been put under the backyard. Um, but I'm I'm glad I'm glad the Goldblum thing happened. Um, speaking of things that maybe sort of almost potentially hypothetically might happen, <laughs> did Zack Snyder tease Final Crisis, Sammy? Oh. You know, Snyder's been known to tweet photos, you know, constantly. And he tweeted his Thanksgiving turkey, okay, which was pretty interesting. But in the background was a beautiful piece of DC's Final Crisis art, uh, which is a heavy dark side storyline. Could this be more Snyder's Justice League? That's the question. Hmm. Now, the, the articles I read seem to, seem to imply that he's just trolling. And that's, all, that's, that's all he's doing. <laughs> Um, because apparently he, apparently he has made comments in several places, how sad he is not to be part of the DCU anymore and how, right. and how that they've told him like, look, you're, you're not coming back. I mean, you're the, your cut on, you know, Hobo Max was a, you know, goodbye present. <laughs> you're, you're done. <laughs> oh. um, well. but this is how he got the Snyder cut, you know, brought mm-hmm. into reality was by teasing stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he got, he got the fans excited. He got all, all of the Snyder, you know, you know, fanatics, you know, up in arms and Snyder, the Snyder cut happened. So maybe it is a little bit of trolling. I think there's a chance that he is, you know, if he can get a fan campaign going, he is trying to get his way back into the DCE. Yeah. 
Well, they they even released his cut on Blu-ray, so they created a physical copy of it. Also, yeah, so I feel yeah, like there true. there's maybe something there. Yeah, but we'll have to see. <laughs> I think there's a chance. Uh, speaking of chances, um, let's go on to Trelawney time, guys. And there might be a chance I don't lose this time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So I, I have managed to stay away from the Eternals uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. So Dwayne, why don't you tell us how badly I lost this one? I know, I know there's a minuscule chance. Well, there is actually a very large disparity between the Rotten Tomatoes proper score and the audience meta score here mm. for the Eternals. Now, I know this movie is getting a lot of hate with, with critics and things, but I, I watched it and I really kind of enjoyed it. That was pretty good. But the Rotten Tomatoes score officially is 48%. That's bad. Now, that's bad. Well, that's definitely not well, fresh. <laughs> gentlemen, when we started thinking about this, um, I think I had a 79%. Mm-hmm. Jamie had a 72%, and Dwayne had an 83%. Okay. <laughs> so in this universe, <laughs> Jamie so you're saying wins. there is a chance. So in this universe, <laughs> Jamie wins. However, he was closest. However, if you go to the audience reaction, to the audience score, is 80%. How wide is that? That's crazy. I don't care. I won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really, really a wide variety there. Uh, between but 48% Rotten Tomatoes. I, I, I don't see it, guys. But anyway. I, um, as I've dug around, I think the score that I think seems – that I track best with is the IMDb user score. That, uh-huh. that seems to be the number that I, I sort of feel like is more accurate. Yeah. Than, than Rotten Tomatoes is usually. And Metacritic, too, I think is more accurate than Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think so, too. And and I, I'm with you, Jamie. I trend a lot uh, with the uh, IMDb scores. I can kind of be be on, on par with those when I'm looking at, you know, oh, is this going to be something in my alley or not? I can kind of look at that score. And it's relatively consistent with the way I feel. Yeah. Yep. All right. But since we're doing this so infrequently, this year so far we aren't we can do the next mcu movie so we're going to be predicting spider-man no way home so sammy get your crystal ball what is your trillion time score i'm going to go 80 percent i think there there's enough here and as and like we said as long as it doesn't go spider-man 3 i think it'll it'll hold to that that 80 percent range I, I'm I'm going the other direction. I mean, not gigantically, but I think this is a big bounce back. I think Tom Tom Holland is a precious little sunbeam that everybody loves, and I, I think this is going to be a, a hit. And I think this is going to be better received. So I'm going to go ninety percent on this one. 
Okay. My batting average is apparently improving, so. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to uh, go a little bit of a different direction. I really hope this movie does well, but there's so much misinformation. There's so much hopes and dreams of fans laying on this. I'm going to go 60. percent okay. I think you're going to have I think you're going to have some some fans and or some critics really really disappointed. That it's not going to be what they think. You're going to have kind of an episode one situation. We've all made this movie in our minds now. Interesting. Yeah. I hope I'm right. And, and and we've just represented fandom. We either think it's going to be not great or it's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. I'm down. So next... Up, we have uh, well, we get to tell you guys about our next quest. So, next up, uh, we are reviewing King Arthur Clive Owen, uh, version directed by Antoine Fuqua. In uh, now, I don't I have just closed that out for some strange reason, but I'm thinking like 2003 2004 range, the early 2000s movie, because uh, you, you have Clive Owen and Kira Knightley. I mean, she was in everything during this time. Uh, so much to a Jamie's dismay, we're going to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I will tell you, you can find it on the Hulu if you're a subscription to Hulu or the Disney bundle. You can watch it there. If you have the director's cut, which I would recommend watching, uh, watch that. But uh, the theatrical release is on Hulu. Well, until next time, we're going to wonder desperately, passionately, why we're not watching one of the good King Arthur movies as we keep it nerdy.